Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we talked last week on Easter. You know, everybody kind of talks around these basic subjects of Jesus being raised from the dead or his blood being shed or, uh, you know, a, a thousand and one things and different angles that preachers have come up with along the years uh, during Easter, for sure. And we looked at that purposefully, but really with the intent of seeing ourselves differently than we see ourselves right now. And so what I want to talk with you a little bit about over the next two weeks is understanding our, our seat, our position in Christ Jesus, and understanding that we're loved beyond what we do, what we say, how things go, we, beyond all that. Uh, we absolutely are loved. We can't do anything that's going to make him love us more or less. We really get a hold of those things and we see ourselves risen with Christ Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father. Man, it's going to take on a whole different meaning for you uh, as you walk in your, as a believer. You're going to see yourself different. You're going to act differently. And I think some really great things are going to happen in your life. So why don't we take it? We're going to review a little bit from last week. But, uh, you know, I just asked you some of these questions. How do you see yourself? Uh, the way that you value yourself and others around you has everything to do with your success and your overcoming life. Absolutely and totally. Do you recognize God's benefits and blessings are yours without fear of earning it? Do you see yourself completely loved apart from your words and actions? Now, let's make no mistake. Your words and your actions are important. Uh, we don't uh, set out on a life of que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, and we'll just do whatever we want. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, is when we see ourselves in Christ Jesus, the way God sees us, and we act like we're in Christ Jesus, there's something greater than us that is behind the words and actions that we're doing. We see something happen supernaturally in our, in our lives that takes place that causes us to just kind of keep falling into favor, falling into favor, falling into favor over and over and over again. And that's how God wants us to live, to bring him glory. So see yourself seated with Jesus is the thing I first want to talk about. In Romans 6, 4, it says, We were buried, therefore, with him, by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. When Jesus rose from death to life, we rose to newness of life with him. We have been given the ability, the power, if you will, to continuously live just like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.14 says this, Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. That word raise up there means the Lord will restore you, he'll heal you, he'll help you get up. Isn't that the beautiful story that we do see? Is We know that when we fall, God helps us get back up. When we mess up, Jesus helps us stand upright again and and, and back in our right place. You remember when the, uh, the prodigal son, really that story is more about the father than it is the son, but the prodigal son says, why am I living here and, and can't even fill my, my stomach with these 
you know, disgusting pods I'm feeding the pigs. Why don't I just go home? My father will treat me like a servant, but he treats the servants better than these people are treating me. So he goes home and the father makes it all about bring the robe to restore his righteousness, sandals on his feet, ring on his finger to establish his authority again. For my son was dead and now he's alive. God the father, and that story should be about the compassionate father, made sure that he understood that he wasn't restoring him uh, as a worker bee around his home. He was restoring him as a full son with the full privileges. So we see that uh, happening. And Jesus came to give us restoration of our whole being. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says this, And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. I love the word power there because it means ability to perform an activity, power, mighty deed, miracle, supernatural power. That's the type of power that he raised us up by. I'm so thankful for that. In Ephesians 1.20, it says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus, I, I, everybody I think in Christianity will agree with this. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. At least most views will have that as Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The thing that we don't see is when Jesus was seated there, so were we. If we look in Ephesians 2, 5, and 6, and New King James, it says this, even when we were dead and trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You and I right now are seated with Jesus, seated with him at the right hand of the Father, have the same rights and privileges as Jesus has at the right hand of the Father. That's where we are right now. He was raised and seated so that we could be raised to new life and be seated. This means that we have the same authority. We talked about this, the rights and privileges as the king here and now on the earth. Beyond our own works, we are seated with Jesus on the basis of what he obtained for us. Now, I grew up with two older brothers, almost six and almost eight years older than me. Um, so needless to say, I was the baby of the family. My brothers were my heroes. Um, my brothers were really tough guys. Everybody respected my brothers. Nobody messed with my brothers. So therefore, I could wield that same sword as a young kid. Uh, I, I would wield that and people wouldn't mess with me because they knew I was a Kanata and they knew they'd have to deal with Tony and Tom if they messed with John. So I threw that around because those were privileges and rights that were given to me because of my name. It's the same in Christ Jesus that we have to realize we have the same privileges as the king does because of the name of Jesus. Beyond our own works, we are seated with Jesus on the basis of what he obtained for us. This was accomplished by Jesus and is ours for the taking. But ultimately, this is going to bring God glory. That's the whole goal. That's the whole goal. Well, is it just so we can be all powerful? No, it's so that we can bring him glory. That's the end goal. John 15, 7 and 8 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will 
Ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Bearing fruit is what we've been called to do. We've been called to show forth his glory by bearing fruit. So when you're successful, that's a knock. That's a, that's a knock. I shouldn't say it's a knock. It's a, it's a praise to God's goodness and his glory. When we blow it and mess up and, and, and do things that, gosh, we wish we could take that all back, uh, and we do it all alone in our flesh, God still has us seated next to him with Jesus. We've got to get that in our heads and see ourselves like he sees us. Second part of this is see yourself loved. See yourself loved. I think that's the biggest thing that changed in my life over the past four years or so is just understanding the love of God for me apart from my behavior, apart from my good deeds, uh, that God loves me and sees me uh, as in Christ Jesus and sees Jesus when he sees me. Uh, you know the verse John 3, 16. We're going to read that and, and two, the two others after it. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is New, new Living Translation. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Really, the bottom line is this. The only thing that we are guilty of is not putting our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, for our lives. That's the big thing that we're after. And once we have believed all the benefits and blessings just kind of fall off in his favor and his grace and his mercy, fall off into our lives, causing us to be blessed, causing us to give him glory, causing good things to happen for your life. Jesus didn't come to condemn and judge. Rather, he was so inspired by his love for you that he gave himself as a ransom to pay the full price that was on your head. That was the thing in the, in the Old Testament that they could not get around. No matter how hard they tried to keep the law, it was never, ever good enough. I don't know about you, but I felt like that before. No matter how hard I've tried, it's never, ever good enough. And I was always going to fall and fail again. But then realizing how much I'm loved, man, that takes my, life takes on a whole different meaning. Uh, when I'm going through a difficult time, I'm not going through it alone. You're not going through it alone. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and blessing and favor to surround you with. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 8 says, But God so rich is he in his mercy. This first verse by itself could be legendary all on its own. Because of in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. He had such an intense desire for us and to love us, that he gave Jesus to us. Even when we were dead and slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he, God, made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers 
of Christ's salvation. Man, if we could just live in, in our privilege, live in our privileges, that's what life is all about, living within our privileges in Christ Jesus so that we can be blessed and that God can receive glory. We've been given favor and mercy, which we did not deserve. We were delivered from judgment and condemnation. So the only person allowing judgment and condemnation in your life now is you. You're the only person that can say yay or nay when somebody judges you, condemns you. Maybe it's your own voice uh, judges you or condemns you. It's only you that can say, no, I refuse to believe that because I am loved. I am so much loved by God that he gave Jesus for me. He went to extravagant lengths to save me, to deliver me, to help me. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by our virtue of our being Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor in his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. Honestly, and I've got this written down, Selah or Selah, pause and calm, just calmly think of that. Take a minute to think of God's immeasurable love, the riches of his amazing free grace, his power, his blessing, his strength, his favor, his mercy, his healing. What do you need? He has it all and he's given it to you in Christ Jesus. Nothing we did either or said earned us a thing but we walk in our freedom in Christ Jesus. Those are the things that we need to start to begin to meditate on and put into practice. Next week, I really wanna talk with you and we're gonna do a drive-in service next week, weather willing, at this point, we're gonna do a drive-in service again next week. I'm so thankful for, for even the, the idea of, of that President Trump is putting a plan into place that is a three-phase plan to get us back to normalcy. Even if it takes a while, at least we've got a plan and we're working towards it. So I expect that to happen uh, uh, real soon and, and trusting that we'll be able to gather real soon. But in the meantime, take the time during this time to meditate. Just take a scripture for one day. One of the scriptures I shared today and just think about it for a minute or two, for five minutes and just let God speak to your heart and your life. Amen. Hey, we're praying for you. We're reaching out to you with God's goodness, his grace. I just want to uh, speak blessing over you and pray blessing over your week uh, as you tackle your week this week. Father, I thank you right now for every single person who's watching this video. I ask in Jesus' name that you pour out your blessing, you pour out your help upon their lives. I thank you, Father. It's your plan and your purpose to pour all of your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, your provision on us and over us continuously so we can walk in favor with you and walk in favor with man. So I thank you for pouring your blessing on each and every family. Let, let the favor and grace surround them. The Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and that he be gracious to you, that his face is toward you and give you peace in Jesus name. Amen.
God bless you guys.